Hi, this is Donna Otto. Welcome to Modern Homemakers. Sometimes people say, what does it mean to be a modern homemaker? You know, I don't really know. <laughs> I do. I know that this is a time of transition, as other generations have been, when homemaking looks different, motherhood looks different, marriage looks different. And I've begun the year by talking about habits and change, about what God is calling us to do in the new year, about you can't get finished unless you get started, and how we are continuing with this notion of do the next thing. And what is the next thing? We've spent the last month looking at the nine essentials of marriage, and I hope that you have made some time to look at all of them, to listen to all of them. They're a little repetitive, I think, in some ways, because... We talk about the institution of marriage, and then we talk about marriage intimacy, and then we talk about today about marriage and the mystery of it. And I want to talk for just a few minutes today on this subject of mystery and then the subject of grace upon grace. These are uh, two more with one left of the nine essentials. What is a mystery? Can you accept a mystery that there's no solution? There's no solution, no solution until the end. And then what is the end of a marriage? Well, it is not the getting married and not closing your exits and deciding a few months later. I just heard the most heartbreaking, maybe the shortest one I've ever heard, but a dear friend of mine's husband's side of the family, basically, they went to a wedding in August. People gathered from all over the country in August. In August, did you hear that was August? This is February. And over Christmas break, the bride said to the groom of a few months, I found somebody online and I'm leaving. Bye-bye. Married for a few short months. Big, elaborate wedding vows they made in public and just totally dismissed. And apparently without any even oh, gee, this does feel sure. Maybe we should try something. Maybe we should make another attempt at this. It's a lot of work to change. Um, we've been talking about change, and I've quoted this several times. Will Rogers, who says everybody is in great, great interest for progress, but nobody really wants to change. I told my daughter recently that, you know, I, I can handle change. She said, yeah, Mom, as long as it's two weeks out on the calendar. <laughs> as much as I didn't like it, I know there's a truth to it. And mystery is the kind of word that puts you in a vulnerable place. I don't know the end. I just know that I'm going to stay in this marriage until the end. So it begins again in Genesis, the beginning of the creation of the earth. And then he created man in his image, male and female. And he told them to be fruitful and multiply and subdue everything. Take charge of what I put before you. And then they planted a garden, and there was a man in the garden, and he gave it to them. Don't you think about that sometimes when you pay the mortgage? <laughs> Wouldn't it have been nice to be given the garden? No mortgage, no upkeep. Everything's just running, just running. My husband really likes to be in the gardens. I'm not sure he'd like no upkeep, but I know he'd like to plant something and just watch it grow instead of trim it and water it and feed it, and sometimes it dies anyway. And God told them they could have everything except one, one thing. And so 
of course, we know what happened. Elizabeth Elliot used to say, God made woman from the man, brought to the man, to be named by the man. And we know that this is true and that this is how the progression of the early Genesis creation, he told them they would die if they ate of it. And they questioned that. That was a mystery they could not comprehend. You will die if you eat of it? And Eve says, you surely, and the, the demon says to Eve, you surely will not die. I mean, really, look around you. If you take a bite into whatever this fruit is that he's told you not to eat, you're surely not going to die. Besides which, what do you think she knew about what death was? There'd never been death. And as best as I can figure out, with the help of many scholars, man created in God's image should not be alone. Woman should be his helper. They should be human and not gods. They could not submit to being human, and this is the core of our trouble with God, with ourselves, with one another's, with our husbands. There was an absence of satisfaction. I want more. <laughs> Remember the song, I've said this to you, sung this to you, the dinosaur song, more, 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 more. How do you feed a dinosaur? I have a beautiful garden you've given me, this man and this woman, and you've told me I can do it, and it, I don't have to even work in it, but I want more than that. You are God, and I want to be a God like you, so I... I'm not going to be satisfied with the mystery of what you've told me to do and just keep doing it. She wanted more. She wanted to be God. I don't know about you, but I still want to be God. I'm always surprised when it pops out. I think, oh, no, I'm really doing so much better at that. And then in a very subtle way, I want it to work out my way. I was meeting with a young woman just this week who's in some dire situations of which she has, she has done nothing. She herself has done nothing. Her husband has done nothing. But the circumstances of this very difficult circumstance in their life is uh, astronomical, just astronomical. And she said to me, but God didn't show up. And there was a long pause, and I had a long pause. Because I thought to myself, you see how we want to be like God? She, who definitely knows the one true living God, she was saying out loud because she felt so out of control that God didn't show up. I calmly said to her, God showed up. You know he's there and with you. It just didn't show up in the way you expected him to show up. And that's what the mystery about. This introduction that Elizabeth wrote in the book A Loving Life as an At-Home Mom, which is available on our website, it, it said that the difference between Adam and Eve was that Eve, by one single act, brought death to the world. And Mary, by one single act, willing to subjugate herself to God's plan and a child within her, brought life to the world. This sin of not accepting mystery is about equality and fulfillment and obedience and marriage. And these issues brought a break between God and man. And this is a great mystery. But it's God's mystery. And he knows the end. You don't know the end yet. Can you hang out until the end? 
Are you committed to closing your exits until the end and see how it all turns out? On some days, I'm not, girls. I'm not. I'm just going to cut bait and run. And other days, I say, no, I'm going to stick it out. And on other days, I think, ah, I'm just going to be full of anticipation and the mystery that God has in store. Well, here's essential number eight, grace upon grace, grace upon grace. My adopted nephew came to our annual Thanksgiving pie party. Well, let me explain that what this was. This was when we were younger, and we had loads of friends who had loads of kids. And like us, they had family who wanted to be together on Thanksgiving part of the day or all of the day, and we wanted to be with them. But then there was the rest of the day that we wanted to hang out with our friends and the kids who loved each other, went to school, and they weren't cousins necessarily, all got together. And so we used to host a pie party. Hmm. Thank you, Julie Tarver. And uh, we would have pies, just pies and coffee. And at one point, I remember that we had 21 pies. So that's how big the crowd was. And my nephew, who came to this party, came over and said to me, as he was looking at the pumpkin pie, how big a piece can I have? And he, he did the same thing. He always did the same thing. Now, he was a unique and a wonderful gift from God. He had some needs that were unusual. And um, he was a gift to me because he taught me so much about things I would never have known except for Jason. And so I knew that he wanted a bigger piece, no, a bigger piece, no, a bigger piece. And so I was ready for him this year. And I always had canned whipped cream for him, not the whipped cream that I had made that a lot of our guests prefer. So there he was with his plate, and I cut a wedge, which was about a quarter of the pie, and it filled up the dessert plate. And then I turned the whipped cream can on. And before I even pressed the button for the whipped cream to come on, he said, could I have more? He had no idea that what I was about to do was dump the whole can right onto his piece of pie. Like, upon that pie, I loaded the enormous amount of whipped cream. Just piled high, it ran over the plate, and his eyes, I'll never forget his eyes, but I'll never forget what that picture brought to my mind. And in the book of John, chapter 1, verses 14 through 17, these words, And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of the Father's only Son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received. And here it is, this slow phrase, grace upon grace. Grace upon grace. Not just grace, but grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. What does grace upon grace really look like? It's being gracious. Being gracious is being grace based on God's word, that it's grace upon grace. Your influence through grace is immeasurable. We all respond to graciousness. 
we respond to it. It looks a lot like kindness, but it's not kindness. And the last of the nine essentials is kindness. And so hang on for the next edition and we will be through the nine essentials of marriage. The concepts become the basis for grace in our marriage. They are the grace concepts. What are the grace concepts? Believing that God instituted marriage, not us, that his plan for forgiveness and reconciliation, respect for one another, but especially for wives to their husbands, love from husbands to their wives, acceptance with trust of each other, headship and yielding, intimacy in soul and heart and body, and understanding what this mystery is all about. This is grace upon grace in our marriage and learning and practicing that grace. Seize the weakest of these concepts that we have been talking about and begin to pour out the can of whipped cream all over that weakness. Just turn the can upside down. Now, I'm going to tell you something, and I don't want any letters from you young mothers saying, how could a grandmother do that? Because I've already done it, and it's habitual in the auto household. When our grandchildren come to our house, they find in the refrigerator on the top shelf, each of them a can, which has their name on it, a can of whipped cream. And yes, they can take it off the shelf, and yes, they can turn it into their mouth, and yes, they can eat as much of it as they want to. Thank you, Jason, for instituting that before my daughter was even married, much less had children. It's real whipped cream, and I, it's not a habit, and they would never do it anywhere else, I hope. But they love it, and for me, it has been a continual year-after-year year reminder of what grace upon grace looks like. Not just once, not a shot in the dark, not a little dab on the top of the pumpkin pie, but a grace that spills over. So I'm going to give you some ideas about these concepts we've been talking about that might be your grace upon grace in your married life. Pray for him daily. Learn something new about him. Find one way to serve him. Make a breakfast in your room or dessert after the kids go to bed. And invite him in to share this meal with you and more. Take a critical fast. And if you don't remember what that is, I think it's in the archives. We'll talk about it another time. Touch him. Respect him. Admire him verbally. Recently at our couple study, a couple has been struggling together and struggling with some outside circumstances. And she teared up and said these very admirable things to him verbally in front of all of us. Holy cow. He was rendered useless, and she was rendered tearful. Call a truce. Be cheerful. Just don't let the world squeeze you out of grace upon grace. It's God's way. Make it your way. Make it your way. Grace can keep you on the edge of your seat and not in the mainstream. It feels a little like mystery, but it is the way of marriage. We are Modern Homemakers, and I am Donna Otto. Thank you for joining us. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish by going out and pouring a can of whipped cream on someone you love. Mm-hmm.